They say imitation is the highest form of flattery. But what does it entail in art? We get real and raw with watercolor artist Rachel Moyles and discuss the difference between copying and drawing inspiration. As hobbyist or someone starting out in watercolor, where do we draw the line of learning from copying and defining your own style? Listen in as we further talked about patience and determination to get better in art, why materials can make or break your creative journey, the importance of community building to your growth as an artist, social media and why you should not keep your feed curated, keeping your beginner's work in your archives and pulling them out once in a while, and why it is okay to cut back on your expectations at the beginning stage of your art journey. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etcherlab.com. Hey, this is Jesse from Etcher. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. Join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. always been like a pretty like artistic person like as a kid I really enjoyed um, drawing animals Mm -hmm. and especially um, I had cats growing up so I drew a lot of cats Um, I've always been uh, involved with horses so I have two horses and from a young kid I was like obsessed with trying to like figure out how to draw them and stuff Mm -hmm. like that so I did a lot of that Um, but I didn't really do any painting per se um my aunt um my aunt Kathleen she kind of she's very artistic and has been since she was a kid and she kind of passed that down to me so I spent a lot of time um at like at her house and we would draw together and like she was kind of like the fostering of um of my art and Mm -hmm like my artistic, I guess, beginnings, I suppose, Mm -hmm. because when I was in high school, when I was in, um, and even in college, I didn't take any art classes. I, I took art classes up through like middle school and stuff like that, because that's part of the curriculum. But beyond that, I, I didn't really. And, um, in, when I was in college, it was the end of 2018, I want to say, um, I was on Instagram, just like on my regular Instagram. And for whatever reason, it showed me like a video of somebody like watercolor painting a galaxy. And I was like, whoa, that's really cool. (laughs) So that I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get like, and I had, I literally, I didn't have any experience with watercolors. I had experience with watercolors, like when you're like a little kid and you get like those cheap little sets, mm-hmm. right? Like from the dollar store. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I had experience with that, but I had no experience with the medium. Otherwise, like I would, I would draw with pencil, colored pencils. Um, I had some experience with pastels, but not a lot, mm-hmm. just uh, very surface level experience. And um, I saw that and I was like, I really want to try that. So I, I did, I purchased a really cheap set <laughs> of um watercolors uh-huh. and they were like really chalky and they were <laughs> really like not great now but I didn't know that at the time I was yeah I had just purchased like some ch- just basically cheap supplies mm-hmm. cheap watercolor cheap paper um and I-, I tried I was like sat down I was like I'm gonna paint this 
it went terribly. <laughs> okay. I had no idea why everything was like, this doesn't look right. And why aren't the paints, you know, doing what the artist in the in the video, like mm-hmm. how she was manipulating them. And, and but for whatever reason, I was like so determined. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna gonna look into it some more and um I asked my aunt my aunt mm-hmm. Kathleen I asked her about some like watercolors and stuff because she had some and um she gave me some like advice to like get some, maybe some tube paints like you know go from there uh-huh. and um I started with those I started with some you know like basic YouTube tutorial videos you know you go online and and I'd try from there and then it kind of turned into um turned into like a whole side business I just kept kept going <laughs> and yeah slowly got better and stuff yeah that was, that was a really good story to begin with and I love your aunt by the way oh um, yes she is absolutely wonderful I, I wish all aunts out there would be as supportive especially mm-hmm. art and you, you said that you've always been creative but you've never really tried painting before so watercolor right. came in like a lot of art back in 2018 is that right 2018 yeah i also like the fact that you started with galaxy and <laughs> i i said that because when you look at the finished artwork of galaxy mm. like it will blow your mind and I know from a lot of kids out there, they're really fascinated by that. And even adults, right? When you look at mm-hmm. the paintings, like, wow, those emerge, the way the colors merge with each other. And those, how do you do the stars? Those are the common questions. So yeah. take me through when you first started. I know you mentioned this earlier, but you said that it wasn't that good because you used cheap materials. So how long did it take you to get to the point that you're comfortable and you're satisfied with the output and sort of the materials or bias matter because I know you did mention that it was a bit chalky but take me through that phase when you first started down to the Mm -hmm. time where you say okay I think I got it (laughs) yeah so I wouldn't say that I ever feel like I like am truly satisfied <laughs> with each of my pieces, which is uh-huh. very typical of an artist, I suppose, never quite satisfied with their work. But yeah. that's not entirely true because there are some pieces that I do look at and I'm like, wow, I really love this. I'm really proud of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, taking myself like through that process, I'm trying to think back because at the time, whenever I would produce a painting that like, wow, I, I, I'm actually really proud of this. Like this turned out better than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like looked back at those now and thought, oh my God, like <laughs> I could do so much better now. But like yes. at the time I was very proud mm-hmm. and it was important to have those steps because you got to cut yourself some slack. It's a learning process. Mm-hmm. And nobody likes the learning curve. I hate the learning curve. And especially like, yes, everybody, it's, it's difficult to overcome, but you have to like give yourself some credit and you have to tell yourself like, Hey, I'm learning. This doesn't, you know, this doesn't have to be good enough to like hang in like an art museum or like be 
like the uh, like the master's work of like the Sistine Chapel or something like that. It doesn't have to be. You just have to be enjoying it. That's like really what it comes down to. Do I enjoy every single time I sit down to paint? No. <laughs> but that is a truth. I, yeah. Yes. I enjoy it enough that I keep coming back. And that is that is the biggest thing. You have to like allow yourself to play with it. You have to give yourself the patience. And you also, I think you need to have, and I said this earlier, a little bit of a better supply like then, you know, your basic like dollar store things, you can work with it. If that's the only thing that you have access to, by all means, like they will work. But if you can throw a couple more pennies in that direction, you'll be a lot more satisfied with what you produce. And that's because they're better quality, the materials. So when I started switching to some better quality materials and I went back to these, you know, YouTube videos and these web pages explaining like what is happening, it made a lot more sense because those paints behaved in that way that other artists were talking about. And because of that, I was able to apply it, play with them a little bit and understand, okay, like this is what is happening here. You know, the, these watercolor paints have a different binder. So they're going to, you know, move in the water more mm -hmm. than um, these, you know, like student grade paints that have like more binders in them than pigment, you know, that kind of thing. So it's a combination of patience, giving yourself the time to learn, even when you, you might not you know, like the results that you're producing and, and having a little bit of better supplies. But honestly, I think that like the determination is the most important bit. You can make do with what you have. Um, you just have to maybe be a little bit more creative with how you use the supplies. Um, but experimenting and keeping your old work to look back on those, I think those are like some of the most important things. Love that. And uh, yes. I think you nailed it what you said. You have to enjoy the process and you have, you need to have the patience. You said that and then determination and you make do what you have. Another question that I follow up question to that is, yeah. were you that someone who, who was started as a hobbyist in watercolor who posted their works online? Because there are some people who mm -hmm. are like, oh, I'm kind of shy to let anyone see my words because it's from from my perspective it's not good enough but did right. you share it on, on the gaggle and you know when you started in in your journey with watercolor so um actually if you like if you go on my instagram you scroll all the way to the bottom it's not watercolor that's there it's um sketches from my sketchbook um i I got a whiff, a whiff of um, Inktober 2018 and I was like, oh my God, what a cool art challenge. You know, like I haven't really drawn a lot in a long time. Like I should do that. Yeah. And that's where it started. Like I have sketches of like, um, I can't even remember. I think there's like a sketch of a horse at the bottom. I think that's like literally my first post. <laughs> and I shared it because I just, uh, one, I think I shared it to kind of hold myself accountable. Like I saw this challenge and I was like I, I think I like really want to do that mm -hmm. um I did not draw every day I tried 
but it didn't work out that way. Uh-huh. But then, um, then I, I just started sharing photos of my watercolor, I think, because I, I again, I wanted to like to have myself that accountability, okay. but I had also heard a lot of really good things about the artist community on Instagram. And I still have a lot of good things to say about that community. Um, and I think from there, I just wanted to talk to other people who were doing the same things and learn from others. I wanted to see other people's posts. So I followed a lot of people and got tips from them that from them sharing like their artwork and stuff. And then I kind of like continued on and almost like now it is like what it is now but like it's always evolving and changing but yeah no it was literally just like inktober sketches <laughs> when I first started posting is, and my yeah my account was called like Rachie sketches like it, it wasn't anything like it is right now <laughs> okay so it, it went through a series of change especially for yes. the IG handler yes absolutely <laughs> Okay. Oh, well, that's interesting. So you started with ink. Uh, you joined the <laughs> ink October uh, yep. challenge. I think a lot of people, but it, it's also very, you know, it's a cool, it's a cool challenge. I it's like awesome. You mentioned community as well. Because mm-hmm. I know for, for anyone who's starting out, I, when I, when I started out, that was a huge factor that kept me going because I felt that right. I was welcome. Did you feel mm-hmm. the same thing when you first started publishing your works and you started reaching out to other artists, meeting them online? Mm-hmm. How how does that help you in your journey of like getting better in your path? Mm-hmm. So the community aspect, it was it was amazing because I was finally able to like talk to other artists. You know, a lot of times especially in the beginning, I would ask them what supplies they were using Mm -hmm. um, because I I either liked like maybe the vibrancy of the colors or um, I I just enjoyed how the textures look, anything like that. So Mm -hmm. I would often ask people what supplies they were using and like, how did they like them? Would they recommend them to others? And, you know, I'd get the various feedback responses like, yeah, this is amazing. This is my favorite, you know, paint set or like, no, don't use this paper. It sucks. You know, <laughs> that type of thing. That's so that was feedback. very wrong. Well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they didn't usually hold back. Um, and then, you know, you would get some encouragement from others. And that was like, whenever somebody posted um, like a comment on my artwork and they're like, wow, this is really cool. I was like, this just made my day (laughs) like the encouragement of it was fantastic and rarely did I come across people who like would post negative comments which was very very good and I overall my experience with at least the community on Instagram has been very positive Mm -hmm. Um, I know there are people who have had issues but I feel is that if you present yourself as as a positive person um, with sharing your art if you're just like hey like I made this I put this out here usually people are really excited to like engage with it and engage with you Mm -hmm. Um, I feel most people are very genuine especially in the artist community and especially in like the etcher community I would say like like the Facebook group when I joined the Facebook group I was like wow this is amazing there are so many people and everybody gives each other like really good feedback and it's so kind and like that like props to you guys and kudos to you guys for creating that because I I am very impressed with like the, the community that you guys have fostered it's awesome 
Thank you. Really cool people. <laughs> Thank you. And, and we love yeah. how engaged that community is. Yes. And, mm-hmm. You know, we started that, but it is yeah. the community itself, the people who are a member of that group who really connected with each other. And like, like what you said, yeah. giving out tips and mm-hmm. feedback, which is, you know, that's, that's what art is all about. It connects yeah. people on a certain level. And like personally, that's the same story for me. I learned a lot from the people that I follow. And yeah. speaking of that, another question that I have on that topic about community, yeah. and this is probably a controversial topic when it comes to style. Mm-hmm. You are into galaxy painting right now, yeah. and your colors are so the same. And there's another, you know, you don't do galaxy not just on paper, but also nude. Right. We'll get we'll get to that in, in a bit. <laughs> but what's your take when it comes to Let's say, for the lack of a better term, like copying a style of someone else when you're starting out and eventually identifying your own style as you as you practice more of, say, watercolor. Do you think that that is a good starting point to identify what your style is? Or would you recommend someone to just, you know, just keep on trying and not look so much on other people's work because that will either leave you in a comparison mode, which is not very good for someone who's starting out. Mm. So when I first started, when I first started with watercolors, like I mentioned before, I looked up like YouTube tutorials and I tried to follow along. Mm -hmm. Those were pretty much like exact copies. Well, copies, you know, Mm -hmm. they weren't perfect because every single painting is different. Mm -hmm. But when I first started, I did look at other people's work um, I would often reference them. I would say like, hey, you know, tried this person's tutorial. Um, this is how it turned out. Yeah. And more often than not, my work would always look different. And that's because I had produced it. And even just the, how we move our brush compared to someone else, maybe even how much water was on our brush, how much paint was on our brush. Mm-hmm. There are so many different factors that goes like into a particular painting Mm -hmm. that even when you're trying like super, super hard to copy somebody's work, it never turns out the same. Um, But when it comes to like finding your own style, I feel like this is a question that artists like think about all the time. Yes, (laughs) I know. Um, And I wouldn't even say that I feel as though I don't really have a particular style. Like I I, when I'm painting, I just like sit down and like, just go. Like, I don't um, think about like, oh, I'm going to do this tree this way. Or like, but then again, I see a lot of like illustrative artists, um, you know, like Cheyenne Barton. I don't know if you've, have you heard of Cheyenne Barton? Not she's Okay. She's not a watercolor artist, but she's somebody I follow on Instagram. She has a very particular style. You can, when you see like, I don't even have to see her username to know that that is her post. Ooh, okay. That is her yeah, work. That kind of artist, yes. Right. But I don't, I guess if you looked at, if you were just solely looking at my Instagram feed, I think that I have, everything is kind of like the same theme. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Style is, style is hard. I feel as though I don't have a particular style, but someone else might be able to recognize my work like on an Instagram feed like that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to beginners, I think copying people, and I put that in quotations because it's yeah. a subject, yeah. but copying other people's art, that's okay. You're learning. Um, 
if you go to post it, reference the person that you knew, you might've, you know, referenced the photo from copy them. And oftentimes people like myself, I'm very flattered. If somebody like painted something like tried something of um, Rachel's and stuff. And I'm like, wow, like, this is so cool. Thank you for sharing with me. Um, I have had experience where people have blatantly copied and not tagged me. And I'm a little bit like, okay, Okay. Yeah. it's a little uncomfortable. Uh Um, I usually, I've only ever had to like reach out to like one person and say, Hey, you know, if you're going to like look at my work, you know, just reference me. I don't mind, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's touchy. Some artists feel differently about that. I say, if you're learning and you really admire somebody's work and you want to throw it into your sketchbook, go for it. Um, I think you can learn a lot by looking at other people's paintings and studying them. Mm-hmm. If you consider it like a study, mm-hmm. um, copying somebody's work or taking a screenshot or whatever, and then like producing it and then going to sell it. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> but I think there's a huge gray area. It all depends. I think on what your, um, I guess like intentions are, mm-hmm. whether it's to learn or whether it's to copy, you know, there's, you know, copy is a little bit more of a malicious intent. I mean, um, but usually people aren't like that. They just want to learn. So <laughs> very roundabout answer. So sorry. I just like word vomited. <laughs> yeah, not that, no, you actually gave really good points about finding your style. And I, I, I so agree with you when it comes to looking after yeah. someone's work and trying to reproduce it because you will learn as you go. And mm-hmm. eventually, at least from my perspective, you will definitely identify your own style. It'll show, like what you said, that every time that you try to follow someone's tutorial of their work, it always mm-hmm. comes with something entirely different because you, oh, yeah. Yeah, your creativity will kick in into what you're doing. And that is the magic art. And exactly. Um, I guess the other question, since we we're talking about like looking after some other people's work, whether on different yeah. social platforms, you said that you have a common theme, um, mm-hmm. and that's evident in your work. And like I said, I love your galaxy paintings, whether <laughs> paper or in wood. It's just so beautiful to look at, so um, magical to see. It, it looks good hey. on the feed, right? It looks so good. In yes. The- Thank you. Yeah, the follow-up question to that is, I guess this is a common question for anyone who is maintaining a a fan base or a a following on any sort of platforms. Do you really have to stick to a certain theme, keep your feed structured, curated, in order to, you know, for whatever purpose, whether it's to maintain that theme Mm -hmm. in your social platform or to have that niche for your following on socials? So I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure how to go about answering that question because like, I love galaxies, but actually if you if you look at the work that I've posted lately, there's not a whole ton of them. Mm-hmm. And that's because I've, as as people, as artists, we, we shift in like our different um, interests at the time. So like lately, like if I, if I pick up a piece that's like right next to me that I was working on, this is pine trees and, and whatnot. Like it's not a galaxy, but this is what I felt like painting. Mm-hmm. And um, my interests have been shifting a lot more towards landscape. 
Um, it's just something that I wanted to learn. I'm also going through like a, I want to learn how to paint clouds stage right now. <laughs> so that's kind of the stuff that I've been posting lately. And any sort of social media platform is finicky. It is tricky. There's like all kinds of crazy algorithms that, that go into it. Yeah. And it can be tough to balance what I want to do with what my audience might want to see. So, but when it comes down to it, and I often have to remind myself of this is I want to paint what I want to paint. And if I want to share that, I will. But like my life is not revolved around my social media platform. Like I work a full-time job that's not art. I am an environmental consultant. I I have other hobbies. I own like two horses. I've got like a dog and like all these other things. So when I have the time and the energy to paint, I will paint what I like and want. Um, oftentimes I will paint a galaxy because um, I'm comfortable with it. And it's kind of like a, a no brainer <laughs> type of work at this point. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I want to sit down and paint, but I don't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. That's when I go to like paint a galaxy. That might sound crazy to somebody else, but that's just like what I fall back on. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it's tough. There's a there's a balance there. And I I try to like walk that line, um, you know, between painting and sharing what I want to paint and you know painting something just for the audience it really sucks the joy out of it though <laughs> when you're like I'm just painting this because I'm gonna post it like and I have done that mm. and it sucks the joy right out of it but and then I I personally think you can tell you can tell when uh, like someone hasn't come out of painting with um with not necessarily joy, but with effort, with contentness. Um, if there, if you're just painting to, to just like throw it up on your Instagram or or whatever social platform you use, it's it, uh, there's usually a little bit less creativity in the painting. I personally think um, it's different though. There's sometimes I get ideas to like record something. Um, like I recently shared with folks, um, and I, it was because I was uh, prepping a, a new metal palette that I had gotten. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wonder if people know that they can use like toothpaste on their metal palette to like make the water, um, make the paint like less beat up, like it won't beat up as much. Mm -hmm. um, so I shared that with folks because I was like super excited. I was like, why do people know this? Yeah. And it, like people were like, what? You can do that? So I'll get excited to share information like that mm -hmm. um and then you know I will specifically do something for that sharing but um now when it comes to day-to-day -day, I just paint what I want <laughs> if I'm gonna yeah. be honest yeah. yeah very well said and I also like the fact that you have other hobbies and that you're you you mentioned a really good word there balance there's yeah. balance and at the end of the day you do what you do because it's what you love to do Mm -hmm. and you don't stick to a specific theme just because it's what, of course, you want to serve, right? Your audience. Right. You want to be able to share something that's of value, but sacrificing what you love just so you can have a, and pull followers in. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. That will suck the joy out of it. 
it's exhausting. Yeah. Do you have horses? Wow. Two horses? I, I do. I do. I own two wow. horses. They're not at my house or anything, but. Um, do you, you ride? I, I, I would assume. Wow. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. For a majority of my life with, with um, my aunt Kathleen that I mentioned, she uh-huh. introduced me to both horses and uh-huh. art. So she's kind of, <laughs> she's done like both things. They're big. Oh, I would love big to her. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's very cool. Oh, well, she's so supportive. Now, that explains, I saw a galaxy painting in one of your works, um, which is a horse. Yeah. Ah, so cool, so cool. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about galaxy painting. Yeah. Okay, so you did mention, that, was that the first object that you tried when you started with watercolor? It was. It, it was. Yes. Um, okay. Trying to think back, it was either a northern lights or galaxy you know some sort of night sky thing yeah yeah okay where do you draw inspiration especially the colors because they're so vibrant and what i also i I picked up in one of your q a's i think in one of your highlights that you try to use colors under the same family if you could correct can you explain a little bit more on that about yeah using those colors for galaxy theme Yes. So um, w- in regards to like the colors, uh-huh. I will pick colors under the same color family because when they mix together, they will be kind to one another. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. That. So yes, like if you, you um, I don't... I don't know a ton about color theory. I'm still learning, but I know that when you mix opposite colors on the color wheel, they're going to mix some sort of, they're going to neutralize each other, essentially. So if you mix yellow and purple together, you get some sort of brown (laughs) of some kind. Um, So if you try to put those into a galaxy painting, and um, the way I do my galaxies is mostly wet on wet. So the paint is going to be mixing and doing its own thing, no matter what you're doing. Um, No matter where you put it, it's going to spread out a little bit. So I'll use colors under that same color family. um, Complementary colors, I think. (laughs) Complementary colors. So that they complement one another, of course. And then when they mix, they create, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Different tones that intermingle well. So, you know, a lot of my galaxy paintings, um, like pink, purple, blue, they mix really well together. Um, And they're all, they all kind of create different shades and tones when they're mixed together. So they look well. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you try to stick yellow in that, you got to be really careful about where you you put down your paint. It can be done, um, but you got to be a lot more careful. So that is one of my suggestions to beginners who are interested in galaxy painting is pick a color set, pick um, yellow, green, blue. So if you mix, you know, uh, blue and yellow together, you get green. So those are a really good combo to try. Mm -hmm. Um, I also suggest to people, I use indigo for my night sky color. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't usually use black because Mm -hmm. I don't always know what, pigments have gone into the black. Yeah. Um, I find that the indigo is a, is a deeper kind of color mm-hmm. than um, straight up black. And also I, I just love indigo. So <laughs> that, I think that is, that is really the main thing. Yeah, yeah, it is really the main thing. I love the color. <laughs> but I, I think that's a very interesting uh, thing that you said about black. 
I'm not yeah. sure if I heard it from someone else or I read it somewhere about watercolor. That in watercolor, you don't use black. And they follow up question, why do we have that? And the power to the kids there. Right? But yeah, right. I love indigo as well. And um, mm-hmm. especially for the nice day. You're absolutely right about the black. It's, 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 I think it's too much um, to just put it on mm-hmm. to the paper. Okay. You, yes. Those are really, really good tips, uh, Rachel. I know it's still a lot. But speaking of which, and you, you touched on this a little bit earlier when, mm-hmm. uh, when we're talking about social like what you're posting and you Mm -hmm. said that you love sharing information so what what i've gathered from there is that you really you're really posting something that really helps your audience and that's really great because we all need that uh, (laughs) in our community so teaching Mm -hmm. when did you realize that this is something that i can teach and uh we'll talk about the live Mm -hmm. in a workshop that you will be on the 26th so let's talk about teaching. Yeah. So um, funny enough, my, my mom is a teacher. She has been oh. a kindergarten teacher for mm-hmm. a really, really long time. Uh-huh. So I, I've kind of picked up some tips and tricks from her just from literally just being around her and growing up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually, I did, when I started like teaching, I started teaching horseback riding lessons. So when oh. I was in high school, I started um, as a summer camp counselor at, at my barn where I rode. Um, so that was, that, that was my basis in like teaching as a concept in of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I continued with that up and up through, up through college. And I only recently stopped teaching horseback riding lessons on the weekends, but that's where I got the, um, the base of teaching. Now, when it came to actually teaching watercolors, um, I I was asked, I was working at um, this place in my town called the Imaginarium, which is basically like this. Um, it's it's a big building that uh, it showcases sustainable practices. So like the building, um, it's got like two windmills that power it, you know, stuff like that. Mm. And they were looking for activities to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like for, for adults to bring people in to use the space. And at the time I was still, I was doing a lot of like galaxy bookmarks and stuff like that. And my boss asked me like, Hey, like you got any ideas? And I was like, well, like we could do like a pain sip kind of thing, which is maybe not as popular as it was however, like five years ago, but, <laughs> um, like uh, pre-COVID times, paint and sips were like super popular. And um, I was like, yeah, like I could do like a, like a watercolor paint and sip. And they were like, sure. <laughs> so okay. gave it a try. I was like quaking in my shoes. I was so nervous because it was live. It was like, there were people with me. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't like online teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, I like managed to do it. I did it twice before COVID. <laughs> but I found that I really enjoyed it and I I could apply some of like some of like the teaching skills that I kind of already had um by you know breaking things down making it more digestible um for folks that had never done it before Mm -hmm. so I really enjoyed that and then I thought I I got a whiff of um of a Skillshare this is back in like 2019 2020 so I thought hey like I'll try producing a class and that was a lot of work 
but I did it. <laughs> um, and then um, at, at some other point during all that time, um, Etcher reached out to me for the first time mm-hmm. and asked if I would be interested in teaching classes, some online classes. And I said, yes, absolutely. Um, so it's been kind of like a, a long process. There are still some things that I wouldn't necessarily be comfortable teaching because I still feel like I'm learning. Okay. Um, but I found that once once I did it and once um, like I overcame like that initial fear of, you know, putting myself out there and saying, I'm, I'm the one that has the knowledge on this subject in this room, you know, like that's kind of scary. <laughs> like, cause people are going to come to you for questions. And my fear was, Oh, what if I don't know the answer to that? <laughs> you know, but that didn't really happen. And if I, if I didn't necessarily know the answer, um, I would give what I, what I thought was best. Um, and if it, if it didn't really help them, I would come at it in a different angle. And, uh, it's hard to put yourself out there and, you know, give an answer. And whenever you give an answer, that answer might not be right. Like there's no guarantee <laughs> that it'll be the thing that helps the person or if it like just makes them more confused. <laughs> so it's it's difficult but I found that I enjoy it and when somebody and with this goes with like anything whether it was um when I was a horseback riding teacher or um now with with painting and teaching people um when somebody gets it oh my god it's like it's the most rewarding feeling in the world (laughs) it really is it's like oh yeah you did it like I'm so proud of you it looks amazing you know like and oftentimes people are like it doesn't look that good what do you mean mean? this is beautiful you just created this is that not amazing Mm -hmm. so yeah I I have found that I really like the teaching I still get a little nervous um sometimes I think I blab too much but people tell me that I don't so it's all good <laughs> I'm really glad that you enjoyed it and you are enjoying it since you will be teaching with us on the 26th for me I'd like to yeah. talk a little bit more about that what you will be doing for your mini workshop I know there of course they would really need to sign up to be able to really mm-hmm. get all the techniques that you yeah. have um sharing with them but what what mm-hmm. is it that you will be doing uh, just to give our audience a preview yeah. of what it is to expect for your new workshop yes so um we will be painting two different bookmarks and i wish i i wish i had my paintings next to me but i don't <laughs> we're going to be um painting two different bookmarks we're going to be breaking down the different elements of um a lightning storm at sea so right so we're gonna have um one bookmark is gonna have some realistic looking waves so basically some choppy um choppy waves angry waves (laughs) is gonna be with that with a little bit more of like a misty stormy sky and then on the other bookmark I'm planning for us to really have that focus in the lightning sky Mm-hmm. So that will have lightning and some maybe some darker storm clouds and a little bit more of like a calmer sea. So with those like four different things, you can once you learn them, you can break them down and you can apply them to you know a lot of other pieces. If you want a 
choppy, angry looking sea with lightning, you can do that. If you want a calm sea and a calm, misty sky, you can do that. So, and we're going to be doing it on bookmark format because I find that it's a very digestible way. Um, smaller painting sizes are a lot less intimidating than big giant canvases. So that's what we're going to be doing. And you get a little bookmark afterwards to stick in a book, which I always think is a good thing. <laughs> love, love that you are giving them sort of festive bookmarks, the angry wave and then the calm one and in a digestible mm-hmm. hot bookmark site. Yes. <laughs> which is pretty good because yeah, you can absolutely use the bookmark and give it to someone after the, the workshop yeah. or after you finish mm-hmm. the workshop, whether you're doing the yes. recording. That is a really good way to teach something, um, to be able to give them the, the foundation of both. And mm-hmm. those they can use on a bigger, if they want a bigger. Yes. Painting. And I yeah, absolutely agree with Dex. I love painting smaller sizes because, yes, they are less intimidating. I am excited Definitely. for your mini workshop. That is happening on the 26th at what time in Eastern? Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Perfect timing. Okay. Mm-hmm. 26, March 26, 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to be Rachel's mini workshop. So I'm, we will be adding that into the show notes. So you have the mm-hmm. information. This podcast is coming out on Monday. That is on the 21st. So if you're listening awesome. to this, if you are interested to what she just shared, so angry waves versus the calm one. I'm interested about the angry waves because sometimes water can be really mm-hmm. angry. And how you make it angry, that is also <laughs> I, yeah, that definitely something that I would look forward to learning. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely yes. check it out. Thanks, Rachel. I had so much fun chatting with you, especially with the appearance of your cat. If you hadn't seen that at the beginning, <laughs> we'll probably do that. But um, it's so nice to, to be able to hear your story and to learn your other hobbies and your perspective mm-hmm. about like the balance in social media and staying true to what your passion is and not really Absolutely. getting lost into this sea of like <laughs> numbers and vanity yeah. metrics on social media. Mm-hmm. So just final words to our listeners. I know you have given them a lot of truth bombs and nuggets of wisdom <laughs> during this interview, but any like probably final word to our listeners who are starting out and who would want to start with galaxy painting as their beginning subject um, in mm-hmm. one color. What would be that golden nugget that you would like to share with them? Yeah, so as a recovering perfectionist, I like to call myself, <laughs> um, one of the biggest things that you can you have to give yourself that time to learn, give yourself that room to be patient and understand that practice makes better, not practice makes perfect. And I will repeat those words until like I am in my grave. Practice makes better. And I have to often repeat those words to myself because when we come at a painting and when we go to sit down, any work of art, anything that we're doing, we have expectations. And when we don't meet those expectations, we are often hard on ourselves and we, it's a negative experience. You want those experiences to be positive because if those experiences are positive, you're more likely to come back. (laughs) You're more likely to sit down and say, I'm going to give this a go again. So 
when you come and sit down and you're ready to paint and you're like, I'm going to try this, whether it's a galaxy or whether it's a landscape or if it's a figure drawing, whatever, give yourself some slack, cut back on your expectations, which is something that I often have to tell myself. And remember that even with a painting that you don't like at the end of it, you will learn something. Whether you learn that, okay, this technique didn't work and this painting is now trash, which is never true. <laughs> Always keep your paintings. Don't throw them in the trash. <laughs> keep them because one day when you have learned from that experience, you can come back to those paintings and say, hey, this is where I've come from and this is how I've improved. And I, I have kept every single one of my paintings, even the ones that will never see the light of day again. But, you know, maybe they will one day. And you have to give yourself that chance to look back and say, hey, this is where I came from. And this is how much I've learned. So that's the thing. Practice makes better. Keep your ugly paintings. <laughs> and just cut back on your expectations, especially as a beginner. And uh, you know what? Actually remove that statement cut back your expectations always because it's so easy for me to be like I'm gonna have I'm gonna paint a masterpiece today and it never happens it never happens <laughs> so just give yourself a break that is the biggest piece of advice I could give you guys um and enjoy the process yeah. oh those are very well said Rachel <laughs> I'm sure our listeners they take a lot from this episode and thank you for, for your generosity to share your experience, your story with us and with our listeners. And we look mm -hmm. forward to your mini workshop that's happening on the 26th of yeah. March at 2 p.m. Eastern time. It'll be so fun. I'm really looking forward to painting with everyone. Sure. So much more fun painting with friends. <laughs> yes, absolutely agree. And she did, uh, Rachel, you did mention the Facebook group. If you are not part yeah. of that yet, uh, go ahead and sign up. It is a very engaged community, a lot of wonderful people there uh, helping out each other, giving feedback, and you know, meeting other people through the art community is one of the best things. I it really is. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being part of Make More Art the Podcast. It's been a joy having you on. And yeah, forward to your meeting workshop. Yes, Thanks. it's been a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Take care of yourself and I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, Rachel. Yes. All right. Yep. That was a lovely episode with Rachel. I feel like we all needed that aunt who will support and foster that environment of creativity. We hope this episode helps clarify the gray area of copying and inspires you to create from the heart. Have you checked out our Facebook group? Do join us and let us know your feedback about this episode through the blog post associated with this podcast at etrolab.com slash Rachel. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please drop us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast or you can find us on YouTube at Etro Studio. And, oh, hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.